This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestavani, and of course, I'm here with a lovely, talented, and beautiful Miss Jackie Smith. Cruise on over to the sponsor of our show's website at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. The official website for this show, Keep It Magic, is, of course, keepitmagic.com. Um, you can find Jackie on Facebook under 1,500 names, I think. You know, there's Jackie <laughs> just, Smith, there's Keeping It Magic, there's Coventry yeah. Candles. There's I am officially Jackie.Smith.37. And Jackie is Jackie.Smith.37. So we need to find out who 36 and 38 is to find out who she, what energy she's squashed between. Because <laughs> um, I'm just Storm.Sestavani. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you can reach me at StormSestavani.com or on Facebook. You can find me at uh, Facebook.com forward slash Astro Gossip, where we talk about astrology and the gossip. Um, uh, so cruise on over there. Um, also, if you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, our sponsor, CoventryCreations.com, has a plethora of candles that are sitting over there on the shelves, just waiting for you. They're, they're right there. They've got your names on them. Go right on over there right now at CoventryCreations.com. Pick out your candles. Go with a platinum card because you don't need it with your problems in your life. You know who I'm talking to. Um, and just uh, get you some candles and help to create some magic in your life. No matter what your problem is, we have a candle for that. Um, uh, Jackie, there's, there's something interesting. We're, we're in, of course, this show we're going to be talking about crossroad magic. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I've been suffering from uh, spring sinus issues, um, which I do every Every year, so it's not anything that's unexpected. You know, the interesting thing is, is that it, it, which you're going to find rather funny. But since we have been doing this show, Jackie, each three years in a row, I have not lost my voice, which I have for several years before then. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, which, we don't I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I think I know what that means. I think I if if I may take a wonder sure. at this if I may may um, enlighten me with the knowledge with the, with the knowledge yoga yoda <laughs> <laughs> yogurt um, <laughs> oh that's space balls wait a minute okay so um, you are working in balance you are taking breaks when you need them instead of working until you hit the wall. Mm-hmm. You are not looking at pleasing the world. You're looking at doing what Storm loves. Yes. And I think all of those things together are the reason why you weren't losing your voice because 
there was a big spiritual going on with you, which was um, when you would lose your voice, is because you weren't being true to storm. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you completely. And I and it doesn't mean every time somebody loses their voice, <laughs> they're that they're not being true to yeah, them. Yeah, maybe you just don't have anything really to say. <laughs> right. Or you need to stop saying what you've been saying. But, um, and sometimes, you know, losing, and I also think that part of it is with all the, you were doing a radio show every day, mm-hmm. not just once a week. You were doing readings every day, and Lord knows we were on the phone every day, and I know I wasn't the only one. Yeah. So the whole losing your voice is potentially um, fatigue as well. Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fatigue. So, one of the things, Jackie, and this was, you know, when I was looking at the word crossroads and looking at, you know, what does the word mean? Because I like to get into all of that kind of stuff. I'm a little freaky. Oh, um, I love etymology. I love it, and and I love getting into it. So, you know, I was looking at it, and um, there are many, many crossroads that I've reached in my life, but one of the most profound um there's two that are that stand out. The first one is when I was 13 years old and in my grandmother's attic, and it was at twilight, Jackie, and I asked, um, uh, what is the meaning to this all? Um, and I tripped over a chest, flew up against a bookshelf, and two books hit me. One was Mysterium Conjunctionis by um, uh, Carl Jung, and the other was called Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil by Liz Green. Why my grandmother had those up there, I have no clue. Um, but they hit me. and uh, Literally. Literally hit me. Um, and, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I am now an astrologer and I uh, study psychology. The other interesting crossroads, Jackie, is that you know, for a period in my um, adolescence, um, uh, my stepfather, um, who had a whole plethora of issues on his own, um, you know, tended to migrate to places a lot so that he wouldn't wear out his welcome, basically, because you know he had uh, severe alcohol issues, severe gambling issues, a lot of a lot of stuff going on with him. Right. Um, so, at that point in 1984, um, we were living in Louisiana, um, and then he had uh, this harebrained idea in the middle of the night, Jackie, that he wanted to move to Florida. So we up and moved to Florida for um, a short period of time before coming back to New York. Well, anyways, there was a book that I found at a yard sale or something. I don't remember exactly where I got it. Um, uh, But I picked up the book, and it was the book that I was reading on the particular drive from Louisiana to Florida. Okay. The book was called Out on a Limb by Shirley MacLaine. And... Uh, later on, of course, if there was a miniseries, I think I was too busy with school or something of that nature to watch the miniseries. But anyways, because of the fact that yesterday I felt horrible, Jackie, and I was just laying around and stuff like that, and I was laying in bed on my uh, on my iPad, and I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go over to YouTube and see what's on, you know, and laugh at some videos or something like that. And Jackie, not even pushing anything in. Now, of course, you know, uh, YouTube has, like everything does at this particular point, that they look at the past things that you've looked at and then may recommend something to you. At the top, Jackie, was the Out on a Limb (laughs) miniseries. As I'm looking at all of this stuff in regards to Crossroads, so I spent yesterday watching that miniseries, so it was pretty pretty interesting. Um, And I think that all of us go to a, a particular point in which we need to make a lot of choices in our 
put into a particular circumstance in which we are at a literal crossroads in regards to our life. Now, there's also something that is called crossroads magic. Now, what is that, Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> well, in your in in your intro here, you talk about how many times you've been at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And crossroads magic is really exactly about that. It's about, um, you can look at it as physically going to a crossroads. where And a crossroads is very simply, one street crosses another street. Yeah. Um, there's um, Some of them are more magical than another. Um, it's not a three-way or a five-way. It's just one, two, three, four. Um, you're pulling up in one direction. You've got three choices in front of you. And now in this day and age, in this world, We've got crossroads every quarter mile. Mm-hmm. And, but, but back in the day when people would do crossroads magic, it was a, lo- a big difference, distance, like a mile, two miles um, between crossroads because you had to pass somebody's, through somebody's um, farm, um, plantation, et cetera. So crossroads were very far apart in the past. But here's the thing about a crossroad is it's no man's land. Mm-hmm. So if you think about two streets intersecting, Somebody owns that corner, somebody owns that corner, somebody owns that corner, somebody owns that corner. But in the middle, nobody owns that. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe the county, but, but really in the middle, it's no man's land. And, and when you get to a crossroads, you literally are in no man's land. Yeah. And, and you're between decisions. You're like, you're not sure which of the three directions you could take while you're standing in that other direction. And if you stand in the middle of the crossroads, you've got four directions you could take because you can always go backwards which yeah. I don't recommend. Um, but a crossroads is, like I said, it's no man's land, and no man's land is usually filled with um, indecision. It's filled with, um, uh, spiritually as a tool, it's, it's filled, with, filled with spirits that have not gone anywhere, um, that are aimless, but it's also where magic happens. Would you say also, Jackie, that what may be in that center, if we want you to be a little more self-empowering rather than um, use some terms like spirits. Um, Could that also be the particular area, Jackie, where all of our particular talents, all of our particular possibilities, all of our particular potentials, combined with all of our mess-ups, are laying there right in the middle of the street? Yes. Uh, There's potential, because, again, it's no man's land. And potential stays in no man's land until you act upon it until you make that decision to go in one direction or, or yeah. the other. And that's why crossroads are so magical. Actually, it's the it's the fifth point, if you think about it. You, know, yeah. you look at a dice, and you've got the four points, and then the fifth is in the middle. Um, and, and number five is um, a very magical number. It's a number where you start to begin to manifest. Um, so that, that fifth point in the center um, is empowering or disempowering, and it's your choice. Because um, then you could you can well you know what you're forced to make a choice. You can't yeah. stay at a crossroads. You will get punted in a, in a certain direction. Your choice, your unchoice of choice, will push you in a certain direction without. Because not making a choice is a choice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's the space between. So um, with one of the one of the things that you do at a crossroad is you either bring blessing. Or you dispose of something. Yeah. And, and that's what you do in a physical, literal sense when you're doing the magic and also in a spiritual sense. 
is when you get to a crossroads in your life. Oh, I don't know. Should I go back to school? Should I get married? Should I have a baby? You either get rid of an old life or you bring new blessing or you go in a new direction. It's just it's exactly what happens. So it's where magic begins and ends. And and it's where all wishes are granted is at the crossroads. There's something – you wrote an article a couple of years ago on – this subject, and you did a course on it at Convocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the article, Jackie, you use a particular term that I want you to flesh out a little, which is the term honest petition. <laughs> um, because first of all, what would a dishonest peti- pet- petition be? Um, and more importantly, how do you know if you have an honest petition? Well, um, in our last show, we talked about, uh, when we were talking about Passover, we talked about positive and negative ego. Yeah. Okay. So um, your ego is that sense of self, that it's the thing, your ego is required to make magic. Yeah. Because it says, I am worthy. Um, I am worthy of all this. Now, that your positive ego is needed for that. When your negative ego is in charge, then you go to the crossroads with, I want that man. Mm-hmm. I don't care who he's with, and he already has three three kids with that woman. I want that man. That's the man I want. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the crossroads with, I met a man who seems to be my ideal man, and I'm lonely. How do I bring a man like that into my life? Mm-hmm. That's an honest petition. An honest petition comes from your heart, not your not your negative ego. So it comes from that positive ego, that place that's connected with the divine, rather than um, the negative ego, which says, I want to be the best guitar player in the world. I mean, we have there's lots of blues songs about going to meet the dark man, um, the man at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a whole um, there's a whole story about that. And and so I want to be the best guitar player in the world. That's coming from a negative ego place. If you go to the crossroads and say, I, I want to be the best guitar player I can be, mm-hmm. that's coming from an honest petition. Yeah. Because, the okay, so let's, again, the crossroads is also the place where the trickster is. And in every um, cosmology, in every pantheon, mm-hmm. the trickster owns the crossroads. It's very fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Um Everyone, I mean, from Hermes and um, Mercury and Hecate. Hecate is actually a trickster. Um, you have Eligua, you have um, uh, even um, even Ganesh owns the crossroads. Satan. The Satan owns the crossroads. So that's the trickster. And so it's really interesting when you look at some of these cosmologies, they don't have a devil. Yeah. They have a, they have a trickster. Um, where you're tricking yourself. So that's the crossroads is, am I going to be true to my values? Am I going to be true to who I am mm-hmm. and continue to follow on this path which which remains um, connected with the divine and connected with my destiny? Or am I going to go get greedy? And the trickster will literally trick you. It wants to trick you. you, want, you you're in agreement. Once you go to that crossroads, um, once you get to that crossroads in your life and you're not sure what to do, it's because you're in conversation with a trickster. Mm-hmm. Because that crossroads moment is a moment of insecurity. Okay, so think about it. 
you're in school, you decide you you know you you go through high school, you know college is your route, you go through high school, uh, you go through college, and you're three years in, and then all of a sudden you're at this crossroads. Do I still remain in this course of studying um, you know, science, or do I go to an art degree? So that's a crossroads. You just engage the trickster. You um. You just did your soul searching and you did this. And, and so if you were sure and you stayed connected with your divine self, you might have gone three years into science and going, I know why I'm drawn to science because it's because there's an organicness that I love that's art. Mm-hmm. And then you quickly change to art. But when you – and so there's a surety that happens. So the crossroads is, is also an insecure moment. And that's when you engage the trickster. One of the things that you write about, Jackie, is you say, um, don't let the devil at the crossroads scare you. The devil in hoodoo is seen more as a trickster, teaching us about our ego and greed rather than manifesting evil. I found this kind of interesting that you wrote because when I was writing down my little notes, Mm -hmm. the thing that I was fascinated by is because many of the spells of the hoodoo tradition focus on terms... uh, or beliefs in evil. Well, but it's also evil in humans. Okay. Um, what I found as I'm doing some more digging and some more studying is that all the different evils that people that, that are protecting against mm-hmm. are human-derived. That the divine um, tricks you and, sh- and says, are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay on, on the positive path? Are you going to go on the negative path? Yeah. And um, so, and I, and granted, I am not the the most awesome expert on hoodoo. Every time I think I've learned a lot, I learn is I don't know enough. Yeah, I'm. I've been taking courses at the Crossroads University <laughs> <laughs> with Denise Alvarado, who is, and her and her crew are just amazing. And I went, oh, I thought I knew something. I knew nothing. Um, a lot of a lot of what comes to me in, in the conjure world is intuitive and through my guides and, and through spirit, and um, so I'm very grateful to have a place to test some of those theories and test the water and go, hey, you guys aren't sending me in the right way. Um, now crossroads, but crossroads is one of the most powerful places you can be. Um, so the things that are connected with the crossroad are skeleton keys, because skeleton keys. Um, well, skeleton keys are cool. First of all, let's start there. Um, uh-huh. If you go back in the day, it, they didn't call it, it wasn't an old antique skeleton key. It was just a key. Uh-huh. Um, so a key meant everything. A key meant everything. So if you were poor or a slave or um, you were locked out of an abundant life, a key meant everything. If you were a slave, a key meant everything. It meant your freedom. Um, so having something that could be locked up or unlocked um, was, was a sign of abundance and was a sign of power. So skeleton keys um, are uh, address ancestors, which mm-hmm. can be um, talked to at the crossroads because you're in the in-between st- space, like the twilight. Mm-hmm which is where we address our ancestors and the spirits in our lives. Um, so a key unlocks the mysteries. Also, they're connected with the keys to heaven, keys to the kingdom. 
So when you when you pull a key into your magic, what you're doing is you're unlocking um, divine influence too. So you can use it to. Um, I've actually used it to clear. Um, because I went, because I had that connection in my head when we were talking about clipots and we were talking mm-hmm. about unlocking divine influence, and so I actually used the key to unlock those clipots, and just in a visualization. Mm-hmm. So keys can keys can be very powerful. Now we love skeleton keys because they remind us of what of of that wisdom that comes with it. Um, but you don't have to have a skeleton key it can just be a significant key to you but you know the keys we have today that unlock our houses aren't as pretty are not are not as ornate um and there's even even parts of the key are really significant but keys are also sacred to hecate and they're also sacred to persephone and if you think about persephone in many ways she's associated with that crossroads Mm -hmm. because she goes back and forth between the um, between the realms, so she stays a lot in that in-between state, which is what crossroads are all about. Um, the in-between energy, and that's where you start to manifest and create your magic. Yeah, because if you think about it, she's only in one spot one day. Right. You know, so she's always in the in-between stages, transitioning from one yeah. thing to another. And um, and was Persephone a trickster? No, she was not. Okay. She was a fertility goddess. Okay, so she there was no tricking in her world. No. Uh, but Hecate she was tricked. <laughs> so there's um, but going back into the conjure world, um, there's there's some interesting similarities that happen in like the Appalachians, um, in the southern, in the um, in the southwestern, um, all of these places where there was a, a deeper mysticism where people brought their folk magic with them when they came to America and they blended it with a magic that was already here is that everyone has a dark man at the crossroads. Uh-huh. The dark rider, the black man, um, all, it, or, and it wasn't that he was literally black-skinned, but he wore black. Uh-huh. He wore black, and he had a black hat, and he wore, and he rode a black horse. It reminds me, when I was reading that stuff, I don't know if you've ever read The Witching Hour by Anne Rice, um, but she has a character in her book, which is called Lasher, which is always, you know, he's an in-between spiritual-based entity, that she has always dressed in black suits throughout the entire novel. You know what? I might have to reread that just for that reference. Yeah. Because you know I didn't like um, The Witching Hour. I threw that book across yeah. the room. <laughs> I broke that book. Um, but in um, from African traditional religions, there's um, the man of the crossroads is Eligwa, or Eshu, or Papa Legba. Mm-hmm. And um, he's very similar in in all in Voodoo, Santeria, Palo. All of those things are very similar in, in working with Papa Legba or Eligwa at the crossroads because he's magic. So every... Um, Every deity or every saint or every spiritual ally that's associated with the crossroads is associated with magic. Uh-huh. And um, so when I did the, the crossroads ritual at Convocation, it was about finding out where you, where you are, I'm sorry, what you have put in the crossroads of life. So sometimes we put something in a crossroads, maybe not our entire life, but a piece of it. 
Um, it might be that um, you're, you're staving off this decision or you're not sure where you're going to go with this or you have a relationship in your life that you're just ignoring and you put that in the crossroads. And, and so part of that was finding out where, where, what you had put in the crossroads and maybe were you in the crossroads, what part of your life or how did you relate to this whole thing. Yeah. And um, we called in the man of the crossroads. And um, but I had them connect with with the man of the crossroads, but also connect with with what it is in their life that's at the crossroads. Um, and I had a room of about a hundred people, and every one of them had a connection with the man of the crossroads. They all they all talked to him. They all heard him. He was he represented himself uh-huh. to them. And that I have to say was was just tingle inducing i was so i was so high spiritually after that ritual because everybody saw him um everybody saw him and everybody had an experience and that's so rare um usually there's somebody who's just falls asleep or is not into it but but that's the thing about the man at the crossroads he makes you stand up and pay attention and um he is so so he makes you stand up and pay attention because he captures your attention with your wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he tests you on that. What are you willing to give up for your wildest dreams? And is that wildest dreams a reality? Because sometimes those wildest dreams, I mean, hey, one of my wildest dreams is that I'm a rock star. Mm-hmm. A literally musician singing on stage, et cetera, the whole thing, playing music, creating music. That's one of my wildest dreams. But sometimes those wildest dreams are not are not good for you. They're not reality. They're not something that you're going to follow. And so there's a difference between what's your passion and what's your desire and where it's taking you. And then there's a wild dream, a fantasy. So in essence, you have, depending upon the way that you go to the crossroads and you approach it, you can either receive some form of guidance, divine guidance. Uh, you know, one of the things that you state in your article is that possibly your best bet in coming to the crossroads is asking for the next step or the starting point and an open road for you to travel or an end goal. So if you go to the crossroads in that particular way, you're more likely going to get a much more beneficial result. But if you go to the crossroads and say, mm, I want my next girl, my next door neighbor's man mm-hmm. and I'm going to do whatever it takes, you're going to get Rumpelstiltskin. Right. Well, you might get Rumpelstiltskin, or you might get your get that man, and he becomes Rumpelstiltskin, or um, or or a variety of other things could happen because I can't predict what the trickster does. Yeah. The trickster will come into the middle of the road, um, put a banana peel in front of you, have you slip on, and he would laugh like crazy. He could put a ba- banana peel in the middle of the road, and he can decide that he's going to slip on it in front of you, and then he could cry like a baby. Yeah. He, it, that's the point of the trickster is you cannot predict where it's going to go. But there are four roads that are opened by the dark rider, by the man at the crossroads. Why four? Because there's four directions. Okay. Make sense? Yes. And the four roads are life, death, love, and luck. Okay. Why those four? Um, well, this is what this is what I was taught. Okay, so I'm, I don't know exactly why those four, but it makes sense. Life and death, um, those are two different directions. 
love and luck. I see luck as that material thing, mm-hmm. that material possession, because usually that's what people associate that whole luck with, and then love is the other direction. So um, it, it, that just kind of is how... See, I, and you see, you know, I, I see love and, and prosperity are the same energy. So, Jackie, with... And life and death are the same energy because it's part of the cycle. You see, the interesting thing for me when I'm when I'm listening to this, what is basically going through my head is, you need to know what the hell you want before you go to that crossroads. <laughs> because if you're just going for some nary reason, it may not be all that pretty. Be careful what you wish for. And, and that's the whole. That is the whole um, cautionary tale about the crossroads. So, kind of going back to. Um, the original purpose of the conjure woman or the root worker mm-hmm. or the, the conjure doctor, he wasn't just a magician or she wasn't just the maker of magic or, or conjuring up. She's also the therapist, the counselor, yeah. who says, you better be careful. So, she, so in the Bible, because we just talked about Passover last week, mm-hmm. um, and the, uh, you'd say how the Bible is just filled with cautionary tales. It's yes. filled with the story of how you interact with the world. And the crossroads is that conjure version of it. It's the cautionary tale. It's the um, know what you want, know what you wish for. And so when I did the crossroads ritual, it says, now you go there humble. If you go to the crossroads humble and you ask for guidance and you say, I'm, I'm confused and I'm looking for guidance, and you go there humbly, the trickster can't do anything with humility but assist. Yes. It, it, and, and that's the same in the Kabbalah work that you do, too. The Satan, if you go to the divine humbly, the Satan has no way of getting its hooks in you. No. Because you're, that's that, we, we had this big debate on the air, um, was it a couple of years ago, about I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not worthy, I think, is is another way of saying um, I'm humble, meaning that um, uh, I, I am grateful. Everything that I have, I am grateful for. Um, so that, you know, what's interesting is the crossroad is four, but the number of the crossroads is number three. You have four different directions in the crossroad, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um but the magical number of the crossroads is number three. And I think that's because if you if you think about it, you're not plunked down in the middle of the crossroads. You come to the crossroads from one direction. Yeah. And you have three directions um, to go. So it is the number three. And so one of the one of the things I was taught by Orion Foxwood is that um, when you come to the crossroads, you put three pennies in your hand face up. Mm-hmm. And you have um, the three pennies are face up, and and so you make Lincoln's face talk to each other. So they're all facing in. And then um, you whisper to it. You talk to the pennies, and you tell them what's what's happening, and then you put them at the crossroads. Um, So the number three is very important. Uh, 3 a.m. on Sunday. I'm not sure why on Sunday, but I think Sunday is supposed to because it's the holy day. (laughs) Now the question is, I had from people, is it, 3 a.m. on Sunday, does that mean the tail end of Saturday night going into Sunday morning? Um, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that it would. Yeah. Um, people, people have questioned me on that, and, and the debate has happened. I would say you're moving from Saturday night into Sunday, because 3 a.m. is considered a very magical 
time yeah. and, and so many so many um, people um, uh, pass talk about mystical things talk about that 3 a.m. thing it's not midnight yeah. midnight is the between hour so if you're going to go talk to the man at the crossroads you get there before midnight but you plan on staying until 3 a.m. yeah and you need to do that nine nights which may get you arrested yeah <laughs> which is why people tend to look for that crossroads out in the country <laughs> yeah um i have you ever driven by an area frequently and you just know that, that there's a magical or something happens yeah. or there's a, a power center within a crossroads? Definitely. Yeah. There is, um, so some crossroads are more powerful than the others. Sometimes something has happened at that crossroads. And the dark man may show up as a police officer <laughs> 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 with a light stick. <laughs> now, when I did the first, when I first did a crossroad ritual, it was um, with Orion Foxwood. The first time I went to the Folk Magic Festival down in New Orleans, mm-hmm. which I think they're having a ConjureCon out in Santa Cruz like this next week or something. So um, when he did the the Crossroads ritual, it was really powerful. It was a lot of singing, a lot of it was like it was like at a, three in the morning. No, no, this is this is not at three in the morning. Okay. This is like at nine o'clock at night. But it was we were singing like we we're Baptists. It was great. Um, it was very it raised a lot of energy. And um, did you go to a crossroads? Well, here's what had happened. What had happened was everyone who was in the ritual said, "All right, let's go to the crossroads." Well, I got distracted. Somebody wanted to talk to me about something about business, and I'm all about that. So I turned around and started chatting with folks about business, and um, we had this great conversation. So everybody has been to the crossroads, which is a couple blocks down from where we were staying, the hotel, and they had been back, and now they're all on to the bars and drinking because we were in New Orleans. Yeah. And my sister and I got into a conversation. So now it's literally two hours later. It's after 11 o'clock at night, and it's Saturday night. Yeah. So, no, no, I'm sorry. It's probably Monday night. So we um, we went, I said, well, you want to do this? She goes, well, we could. We can wait till we get home. I go, I want to do this right now. And so we took our three pennies. And, and the skeleton key from this class, and we walked to um, walked a couple of couple of blocks in, and really in the French Quarter the whole thing is nothing but crossroads. Yeah. So we go about three blocks into the into the um, French Quarter, and there is no traffic. It's Monday night. It's eleven o'clock. Nothing's happening. Bourbon Street isn't even happening. And I said, okay, this is the one right here. And I look around, and there's no cars coming because um, I'm going to stand in the middle of the street for a second and, and just give my thanks to the man at the crossroads for continuing to guide me in ways that I can follow. Um, I'm also a child of Elagua within the uh, Santerian path, which yeah. I have him as um, one of my spiritual guides, and I went through lots of ritual around that. And so he talks to me all the time, and so I'm honoring my Elagua and I'm honoring the man at the crossroads. And I step, and there's no cars coming. I've looked in all four directions at this point, and I'm stepping off, kitty corner off the curb to walk into the middle of the crossroads to set my pennies down and I go to set my pennies down and I hear a bike um, ching 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 a bike bell Yeah. and I look up and here's a man, a black man in a black hat with a black uniform on a black bike heading my way oh my god (laughs) and I look up I still have the pennies in my hand and I look up 
And he's right there. He's not coming down the block. I mean, he's right there. I just looked around. I don't even know. He, it wasn't even enough time for him to have turned a corner. And he's right there. And I said, good evening. How are you doing tonight? And uh, he said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And he ran and hit his bike went down the street. And I looked at my sister. And my sister looked at me. And we went, "Did is that? Cause, and we... And this, and I just, yep, that was him. And I put my uh, three pennies down on the middle of the crossroads, looked up, and he was gone. Oh, interesting. And and then we walked back just flying high, just flying high, saying, okay, we did it. You know, we met the man at the crossroads. We just met the man at the crossroads. And he just blessed us three times. Now, you do have some warnings about spirits and hanks. I will tell you, I'm having a problem with that word. Taint? Well, that's yeah. an old... Um... It's too close to taint. Right. Okay. Sure. I understand that. <laughs> now, taint, is, that's, a, that's a southern word for haunts. Okay. Um, and haunts and spirits. So um, you're, if you go to the crossroads with your ego leading the way, then the first thing you're going to meet is a whole bunch of haints, a whole bunch of haunts, because they want to feed off of that ego that you're putting in front of you. It is exactly the food that they're looking for because they're stuck. They haven't decided to move on, and they're certainly not alive anymore. So they're lost. Those are some of the lost spirits, and they stay at the crossroads. Um, And they will feed on you. They will feed on your ego. They will attach to you and go home with you. So if you're going to do crossroads work, and this is why it's so, these are all of the warnings that you get from your root worker who says if you're going to go to the crossroads, you're going to make sure you go with an offering. Uh-huh. And the reason why you want to go with an offering to the spirits and to the man at the crossroads is because, and you want to make that offering more interesting than you. So they'll stay and they will use that offering as food. Um, so that it kind of like if you're going to break into the junkyard, you better bring a big steak for the junkyard dog. Yeah. So he has something to gnaw on while you do what you need to do. Um, so that's so if you're and you can go to the crossroads, go to the spirits to dispose of things. Um, like if you're going to take a spiritual bath or you're going to do some personal cleansing, and it's a really really big thing. Whatever yeah. you cleanse yourself with, whether it's candles or um, or you took a spiritual bath or you're cleansing yourself with eggs and you're going to take all that to the crossroads. Because what if you leave that, again, this is you coming hu- with humility, having cleansed yourself, they're going to pick up that negative ego energy that you've just cleansed from you. And, and that's what they're attracted to. And then you, and then you, if the spirits consume that and they get it away, then it's then it doesn't have the ability to come back on you. Okay. So this is okay. So we've got a couple things going on. Now you can look at the psychology of conjure work, um, and you can look at the um, the actual work of conjure work, the 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 folklore part of it, and you can see how they just intermesh. They're, it's fascinating. To me, it's just very exciting to watch. I mean, if I was ever to get a degree in psychology, it would be on folklore and why folklore works, folk magic works. So because if you think about when you are really um, divesting yourself of something, Uh you need something that's going to be between you and this thing that you're cleansing from you. 
and the crossroads can be that thing. Um, you need something that's going to help you, stop you from pulling it right back to you. Um, Jackie, when should someone go to a crossroads? Well, I go all the time. That's where I do my magic. I create a crossroads on my altar, and I actually have the crossroads, and um, I have two cross skeleton keys as a tattoo. And mm-hmm. so that's that's the crossroads. That's the five points that um, that I use when I'm doing magic. So you can go to the crossroads to do your magic at any time, and and whether you and, and when you're doing magic, you don't want to do it from a place of negative negative ego anyway. You want to do it from a place of humility. Yeah. Um, so you're because when you're doing magic from a place of negative ego, what you manifest is not necessarily what you intended. Because you, here's the thing: is when you do um, magic from that negative ego, you get what you ask for. Yeah. When you do um, magic from a place of guidance, of um, personal evolution, of resolving a conflict in your spirit, um, then you have healing. So you can go to um, the crossroads at any time, and I actually have built a relationship with the Dark Rider, uh, with Elagua. I have a relationship with him, and, and so I don't necessarily have to go to the crossroads all the time. I we have I have an altar for him, and I um, talk to him from there. Um, it, it, there's no restrictive part of it. It's just your intent when you go. And if you want, and also the thing about the crossroads is you talked about how it's a place of potential. Uh-huh. Um, if you're building on a skill, if you're building on a talent. Uh, and it, and you're um, manifesting that potential in um, a personal evolutionary way, then yeah. you, can, you can frequently go to the crossroads to, and again, you can create that wherever you are. You can create a crossroads wherever you are, or if you need that extra oomph, literally go to two streets that cross, um, two roads that cross, and do that meditation there. Yeah, definitely. And open up that potential into something more powerful. That's um, I, something that I do on a regular basis. <laughs> um, you know, when I was talking about skeleton keys, they also can be used in any any magic can be used in a positive or a negative way. Um, skeleton keys you can use to lock something away from you. You can um, there's whole there's tales and um, conjure work that you can do to lock up a man's nature so he doesn't cheat on you. Um, now doesn't that, that, that now here is the thing when I read some of that Jackie I just got I just got to be blunt some of that I look at and I would say how disempowered the women were back then well okay. to allow men to control them that much no you got to look at the history okay so let's look at what the reality was um, when um, during slavery you couldn't marry a particular woman you didn't know whether you were going to continue to be together or live in the same plantation. Uh-huh. So if you were a slave or even a worker or even an indentured servant, you could be moved anywhere for this. And so what happened is that um, a new culture was born out of that where um, there was not that stability of a marriage. Uh-huh. And a man became a wanderer because there wasn't the stability of setting down roots. 
setting down roots was asking for trouble. Yeah. Setting down roots was asking to be disappointed. Also, um, men were, um, well, women would have to set down roots because they had children that they had to raise. But men weren't didn't set down roots because if a man got too powerful in his community, he would be run out of town. Yeah. So there's so there's a lot of there's a lot of cultural stuff back and forth. Well, so a woman relied on a man. A, see, a, a black woman was less than anything. Uh-huh. Was actually worth less than than the cow. So she relied on that income. She relied on that um, safety and security. So that met women, there was they were not disempowered. There was no power for them. The only power that they had was the power to protect what protect them and theirs, uh-huh. and to keep a man to protect them. So it's, when I learned that, when I was learning this about conjure work, um, and I was I was absolutely fascinated how some of that um, some of that thought process still exists today. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, the culture is still there. Yeah, and um, and there's an active um, movement to change that as well. But you can understand where it came from and how traumatic this was and how scary this was. And still, we're really, in, in some ways, we're the first generation that that did not. And, and I'm we're in the north, so in the south mm-hmm. is a whole another thing. I was listening to this young man talk, or actually my age, so um, this man talk about how he's the first generation that was not taught to keep your eyes downcast and to be afraid of being lynched and be afraid of of, um, being taken out because you got too big for your britches. Yeah. So there's a huge reality that's still in this that when we live in our white privileged world that we just don't understand. I, I don't understand it because I wasn't brought up with that. It was not yeah. part of my reality. Um, but in learning about this and talking to people who that's their reality and, and seeing it in action, going, oh, my God, that is that is still true. So tying up a man's nature, meaning that he had to keep coming back to you if he wanted to, to get lucky, uh-huh. to, to have any intimate relations, um, meant that he would come back to you, and he brings back with him his protection, his money, um, his his ability to work. So that's where that, that whole thing came from with that. I mean, it's, to study conjure and folk magic is to study the history, the, the anthropological history uh-huh. of the country. It's absolutely fascinating. It's ex- I get all excited about it. This That's is all I, I got to say. I am glad that I'm alive in 2011, not 1960 <laughs> or 19, not 1861. Right. Well, so so kind of just going flipping back to some of the positive aspects of doing crossroad crossroad work. I go to the crossroads when I need to remove blocks, mm-hmm. um, and I need to be able to make a choice. Sometimes you get to a place in your life where, okay, I need well, well best. Best use it was a five six years ago when I was still living in Detroit and I was in a very dangerous situation. It turned on me in, in twelve months uh, from a decent neighborhood to some place that I was broken into five times in six. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Literally, they worked on kicking in my door when I would leave. The neighbors would watch me. I would leave. They would work on kicking in my door. I had to get out of there. I didn't have the money. I went to the crossroads and I talked to the man at the crossroads and said, I need your help. 
I need to move on from this. See that, see that I need forward yeah. motion? I need to move on from this. I need to move and I need your help. So I went to Elagua and I said, I need your help, and we found a house. And it's interesting is that I had a hard time finding a house in Ferndale to rent um, because people would pick it up underneath me right away. Uh-huh. And so then I went back to him and I said, what house am I supposed to have? I'm... I'm um, I'm, all the, I'm losing these house deals, you know, just for renting a house. I mean, like the one house, somebody came in with six months' rent in advance. You know, oh, my God. My first, last, and, and security deposit cannot compete with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then another house I wanted, somebody came in and offered them more rent than they were asking for. Oh, my God. How can you compete with that, right? Well, then, um, then, I, then we rented the house that we have now. And I'm I'm very grateful because I needed to remove the blocks to this, the roadblock mm-hmm. here. Well, it was perfect because the house we have now is something that we can continue to afford. The other houses were at the top end of our our um, budget, a little above our budget. So it was it was really it, it was really perfect. And it the house that I'm that I we ended up renting is what used to be someone's home. So there was a lot of loving energy there. Um, so you can. Remove blocks, open the road. You can also call spirits. There's times when you want to work with spirits. You need something done that's outside of you. It's, it's like you have a spirit go do that work for you. Um, you can also invoke protection at the crossroads because you're in the in-between space and yeah. you need protection from life and death, from you know whatever it is you need protection from. And the skeleton key becomes a big symbol of protection because you're, you're locked down, you know. You have you're behind a gate, so to speak. So it, really, this whole thing about using a crossroads is your imagination is the only limitation you have here, which means none. Um, you can combine all, all the energies, the skeleton key energies, the crossroad energy, the trickster energy. Um, there's times when I went to the crossroads and I said, "All right, there is somebody who is very jealous of me, uh-huh. and they're sending negative energy my way." And um, they're more interested in what I've accomplished than accomplishing something on their own. I need you to confuse them. So I just don't want to deal with their energy. They're going to send out energy. Can you confuse where they're sending it to so it just, like, goes into the earth or just goes nowhere? Yeah. Um, so my crossroads magic is more about um, is more about staying in line with the divine in my own belief system. Now, how does crossroads magic fit into candle magic? Um, well, it is crossroads magic is candle magic, and and here's why is because you have um, let's see if I can explain it. I, I I see it in my head all the time when I when I light when I light my candles is your candle is kind of your crossroads. It is this in between state. So you have the base of your candle or the candle holder, which is what you're working on manifesting, and then you have the flame, which is the divine influence. Uh-huh. The magical influence, and so as you burn your candle down, you're moving you're moving out of that in between place of say want or potential, and moving into manifestation. You can do your candles as a crossroads. Um, I wouldn't uh, recommend it. <laughs> the five candles, yeah, but I did. I actually just did that for someone who was in a crisis. You went out to the crossroads with five candles. No, I made a crossroads. Oh. <laughs> well, like I said, okay, so here's how I make a crossroads on my altar. I have two long pieces of cloth uh-huh. 
one going one way, one going the other, and um, I have something in every direction. Um, so I have something then that represents life, death, love, and money, and then I set my candle right in the middle. Um, you've some conjure folks. Um, one of the classes I took on candle magic, she she buys a wooden cross, uh-huh. and she literally sets her candle holder on the center of that wooden cross as her crossroads. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So she has a wooden cross that does not have Jesus on it, because that would make um, make it a little wobbly. Um, but so so in the center of her cross, she just sets the candle, and it's something that she had had blessed. So um, and it's interesting talking to this conjure woman who uses that that Christian symbol as her crossroads. And I went smack on the forehead, oh, my God, (sighs) hallelujah. Yeah. Because that was his crossroads. Him being up at the cross was Jesus' crossroads. The whole 40 days and, uh, oh, just the whole thing, the passion of the Christ, it's all about his crossroads of of where he's going to go. The trickster came to him. The devil came to him. And so when I said, well, why are you using a cross for the crossroads? It makes total sense to you. Can you explain it? She goes, well, look at the story of Jesus when he hung on the cross. Yeah. He had an option to come off that cross and live, and live this life, this lush life, or go back to his father and fulfill his destiny. And that was the ultimate crossroads moment. So, so we can add Jesus onto our list of keepers of the crossroads. But he usually wears white. True, true. But Hermes isn't necessarily dressed in black, and neither did um, Mercury. So yeah. Um, but um, isn't that, isn't that fascinating when when um, this one woman, well, Star, you met her. Yeah. Um, she's she's very Christian, and she's very much a conjure woman, and and she's very very much a spiritual guide. So when she whoever she works with, she guides them. She she helps them. Um, she helps them relieve themselves of that mental anguish. Yeah. And that's what a lot of conjure work and crossroad work is, is it's therapy. It's magical therapy. You're relieving yourself of different anguish. Yeah, definitely. We are done. We are. I know we are because my mouth is dry. I'm so much. <laughs> Make sure, everybody, that you cruise on over to our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com if you have a problem in your life. Regardless of what that problem is, we have a candle for that. And also, that is where you book your readings with Jackie Smith. She's two to three weeks backed up, so make sure that you go over there and schedule your appointment with her. Um, she's an incredible Akashic healer. She can help you out with your candle magic. She Which is another crossroads. Yeah. Okay. She can uh, <laughs> give you another show. Um, <laughs> don't get crazy. Um, uh, uh, but basically, check her out. If you'd like a reading from me, go to www.stormsestivani.com and uh, just at the top of the page where it'll tell you where my services are so you can get a reading with me. Also, um, next month, um, Jackie and I are going to be talking about astrology, I believe, so you all will want to tune in to our May episodes of uh, of Keep It Magic. And then we have a lot of stuff coming up for you as we enter into the summer season. We are the only show that does one, by the way. So um, the enter into the summer season of Keep It Magic will be great as well. Um, Jackie, is there any specials that are going on over at Coventry? Uh, for the month of May. 
May, for the month of May, um, I'm not sure it's going to be on special. I think it's the World Magic is going to be on special for May. I'm, I'm, I'm double-checking. But here's the thing is CoventryCreations.com every month has one of our product lines on special. It's usually about a 10% off, which um, tends to cover the cost of your shipping. So yeah. it's almost like free shipping when you go there. Um, so take a peek. And, you know, follow us on Facebook. Follow, follow Coventry Creations on Facebook. And the oils are back, right? And the oils are back. Oh, we've got so much. And we have there, our blessing kits have new packaging. The witches brew have new new party dresses. Well, they're not party dresses. But they have new labels and um, lots of good change coming on. So make sure you follow us on Facebook because we'll, we post whatever specials we have. And sometimes we have surprise ones, too. That is wonderful. So thank you all for listening for the month of April. We'll be back next month. And in the meantime, what do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you soon. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong. And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our hearts through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life Raise your thoughts a little high.